Love that. Love that prayer. You know, first service, we learn a lot. The first service, you know, she prayed about highs and lows. First service, I started saying, I feel really high this morning. Well, maybe that's not the best way to say that. <laughs> so uh, I'm, I'm conflicted this morning. I feel very encouraged. Chauncey referenced um, our, our men's retreat, 40 Relentless Men, spent some quality time together this weekend, and it was beautiful. Really, it was powerful. And if you're a man and, and didn't get to be with us this time, we already, we're already praying and bribing and doing what next time you're with us. Um, so we're really excited about what God's doing. I'm coming off of that. It's just, it was just a beautiful weekend. But I'm also uh, burdened this morning um, just because of world events. If you guys uh, watch the news or whatever your source of news is, uh, pretty significant things happening in our world, um, in Israel specifically. And um, just wanted to start this morning by acknowledging that and calling it what it is, evil. There is no other word. When you see what's being done to uh, not soldiers, but to civilians, men, women, children, um, we see the enemy's um, fingerprints all over uh, these actions. And we're going we're gonna to pray. Uh, we, have, we have brothers and sisters. We pray for any human. We don't care if they're a Christian. We pray for humanity. But specifically, we have Christian brothers and sisters, Palestinian Christians and um, Jewish Christians. And so our side is Jesus, and we're just going to pray for our world and, and the waves and ripples and the impact of what happened yesterday and will continue to happen today and, and who knows after that. Father, we just uh, thank you that uh, yesterday was uh, called a surprise terrorist attack and that you were not surprised by it, that you hold all things, that everything we just sang is true, that you reign now and forever. And even when the world feels so shaky, that we can have our feet firmly on the foundation of Jesus. We pray your comfort and your blessing and your help. It would take a miracle, God. We pray that somehow Jesus and the peace that he can bring would just wash over our entire world, that you would give wisdom um, on decisions to be made, that you're, you would... Um, protect your people, that you would somehow, some way be glorified even in this. And we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. It's um, interesting, that's the word, interesting that we're beginning a series on Galatians with the world events that are going. So uh, you're going to hear a lot about Galatians in the next six weeks. So it's a really fun word to say. Why don't you say it after me? Galatians. Galatians. Isn't that fun? Galatians. <laughs> All right, depending on where you're from. But uh, we're going we're gonna to talk about it from, uh, we're going to preach on it every Sunday, next six weeks, and in our small groups, uh, which we're really, first time we've had small groups in homes since the pandemic. They start uh, one tonight, we've got one Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night, a couple on Friday night. Uh, if you want to know more about that, you can uh, see our associate pastor, Raf Gonzalez. Um, but we're going to be all in on Galatians. So let me give you a little setup um, before we get into chapter one. Um, Galatians is one of the early books written in the New Testament. So we think Paul, the author of Galatians, was about um, 15 years into being a Christian. So he's not like an old man. A lot of what we see in Scripture happens after this, uh, this writing of Galatians. So it's about A.D. 50, and here's the issue. He's writing not to one church, but a lot of the times he writes to a church. This is to a group of churches, and he's writing... Um, because there's, there's problems, there's tension, and the tension is racial, it is Jewish-based, as we in a, in, a, in a, you can't turn on the news without seeing uh, the heart of this 
stuff. And we have people on, on, that are on, we have governments on record saying our goal in life is to exterminate the Jewish race, right? And, how, and why do people hate Jewish goes back to, you know, that was God, they weren't a race. They were God's chosen people from Abraham um, getting to Jesus and to then start this multi-ethnic, beautiful church that we're a part of um, today. So in Galatians, and the setup for Galatians is these Gentiles who were not Jewish had become Christians, and now they were in churches side by side with Jewish people, and there was a culture issue, right? Because Gentiles lived and acted very differently than Jewish people. So what do we do? You know, because we have, you know, we have culture. You have a way of doing if, if, depending on your age, but some of you, if you flash back 40, 50 years and you go to a church service that you grew up going to, it's a little different, right? Culturally, like that. So Jewish and Gentiles were vastly different. So Jewish have a ton of cultures and customs, and some are pretty serious, which we'll get to later in the series. Uh, there's something, a little something called circumcision. Uh, it'll be fun to talk about that in a few weeks. Um, but there was Jewish people, they were so proud of their Jewishness. It's like, hey, great, all you Gentiles are with us. But we started this thing because God picked us. So you can be in on this and you can be, you know, this Christian stuff. You just got to be Jewish to be Christian. You can't be Christian if you're not Jewish because God's people are the Jewish people. So we're going to need you guys to start acting Jewish. We're going to need you guys. We got a small group this week. We're going to do some circumcision. We're going to need you guys to come and handle your business. All right. And we're going to need you to eat the stuff. We, and all it was, it was, if you don't know what circumcision is, um, also ask our associate pastor, Raph Gonzalez. <laughs> He'll be glad to explain that. Um, so there's just a lot of, so, so Paul was coming with, hey, this gospel that we're talking about, it's open to everybody, and you don't have to be Jewish to be a follower of Jesus, which got him in big trouble with some Jewish people. So he's getting, like, when you, when you don't like somebody's teaching, this is true in 2023, when you don't like the, tr the, the message, you attack the messenger, right? If you can tear them down. So they're like, Paul, let's, let's go through those 12 disciples. Like, you know, no, you weren't one of them. Like, who are you? You didn't, not only, you know, were you, these, these were people, people were coming at him that believed in Jesus. It wasn't that these Jewish people weren't Christians. They liked and loved and followed Jesus. They just had decided to follow Jesus. You have to be Jewish. And Paul was saying, no, it's not about being Jewish. It's about Jesus and just Jesus. And Paul was like, no, it's not. It's about faith in Jesus, period. And it's open to everybody. And they're like, you have no authority? Like, who are you? You weren't with Jesus. In fact, you, you were way late to the party, and before you came a Christian, you were really awful to Christians, which we'll talk about. So Paul is going to start his letter. He's with about some credentials. Galatians 1.1, Paul, an apostle, not from men nor through man, but through Jesus Christ and God the Father, who raised him from the dead, and all the brothers who are with me. And it says, to the churches of Galatia. So he's not writing this to a church, but it's a read, but it'd, like, it'd be like Jesus writing a letter to the churches in the greater Raleigh area. It's a whole region that he's writing to. So he introduced himself. I'm Paul. I'm an apostle. Not because any man made me that, but through Jesus and God. Um, take that. Verse 3, he says, grace to you and peace from God. If you look at these, it's grace to you is kind of the, 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 the Greek greeting, and then peace is the shalom, Jewish greeting. He's intertwining those. Grace and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins to deliver us from the present evil age according to the will of our God and Father. To him be the glory forever and ever. Amen. All right, and there, 
You know, we talk about being a gospel-centered, forever-focused, multi-ethnic movement. The gospel is in that who gave himself for our sins. It always comes back to the cross and the empty tomb. That is the gospel, the cross and the empty tomb. It will always, always, always come back um, to that. So we, de- we define the gospel. We, we made up this definition. It's from the truth of Scripture as the incredible news, because we don't want to say good news. That's what the word means. Incredible news of our rescue and adoption by God through Jesus. So the gospel, that's all the what, the how, and the why. The what is our adoption and rescue. Um, the how is through Jesus, dying on the cross, raising from the dead. And the why is because he loves us, because he's a good, wonderful God, and he wanted his children to come home, and that couldn't happen except through Jesus. So in a lot of um, Paul's letters, he starts with saying, hey, church, you're doing this great, you're doing this great. There's none of that in Galatians. There's no, it's that, and then he jumps right into it. Um, you know, we've been taught, some of you go to the same seminars. If you're going to come, um, like, have a problem with me as your leader or pastor, teacher, you come, you've been taught, you sit down over lunch and say, hey, I just want to thank you. I think you're doing a really great job, right? But the problem is we all went to the same seminars. So when you say that, I know, just skip that because get to the, they teach you to sandwich it. You say something nice at the beginning and something nice at the end. And in the middle is what you're really trying to say. I would just, you know, just kind of skip the, the bun and give me the meat, right? Um, well, Paul, Paul doesn't really believe in that either because he doesn't. And in his other letters, he's not fluffing anybody up. He's just like, hey, you guys are doing this great. Here's how he starts the first chapter, verse 6. He says, I'm astonished. Y'all, I'm, I'm shocked that you're so quickly deserting him who called you in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. Right? That's how he starts. That's his intro. What's, I can't believe, y'all. It didn't take long. I, I'm, I'm not astonished that you're, that you're drifting. It didn't take long at all. Like, y'all. Did not, he didn't say y'all because it was Galatia, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> that so quickly you would desert the one who's called you. That's God in the grace of Christ. And you're turning to a different gospel. Well, gospel is the, the you know, you've heard the phrase, we have the expression, the gospel truth. Well, how many, how many gospels there can there be? Well, he answers that. Verse 7, he said, not that there is another one, another gospel, but there are some who trouble you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to the one we preached to you, let him be accursed. As we have said before, so now I say it again, I'm going to repeat myself. If anyone is preaching to you a gospel contrary to the one you received, let him be accursed. What is accursed? It's cursed with some extra letters just for emphasis, right? It's, it's not, you don't want, you don't want uh, the prophet speaking for God to, to put, a, you know, to tell you that you're cursed. And what's the big deal? This, it's this idea of other gospels, which Paul's like, you've been, you've been, you've You've taken the bait and believed another gospel, but there's no such thing as another gospel because there's one gospel. And if he said, even if an angel from heaven, what? If an angel from heaven should preach to you something different than the gospel of Jesus, don't buy it. All right? Uh, let the, he said he's cursing angels. That's Paul's. Paul's did not have his uh, coffee. He's cursing angels. He's cursing anybody that believes anything. Now, let's, let's come to 2023. The idea of other, we don't call them other gospels. All right, but we would call them other religions. We would call them just anything um, other than the gospel of Jesus. You know, we had this great retreat, and it was beautiful weather, and some guys were at the beach. There was a lot of disc golf, and uh, the guys from throwing some football yesterday. You know, you know what a group of guys did a lot of at, on this men's retreat? Chess. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, they are. It's a very sophisticated group. That's right. <laughs> 
Well, um, I, was, I was watching O'Neal think through when he's playing chess, he's all, he, he, he already knows what you're going to do before you do it, which is a little, little shady if you ask me. But <laughs> he's making his move based on already knowing what your move is going to be. In so so we, that's an advantage. We have some of that. Right? We know our enemy. We, we have a description of him in the word. We know from Jesus that he's the father of lies. We know from Genesis that his playbook, we know his next move. When, he, when the very first deal with Adam and Eve and Satan comes and says, but did God really say not to eat from the... Now, it, it's been thousands of years, and he's still, he's still playing the same game. He's still whispering to some of you, did God really say? That's when, when, when you say, well, when you start changing the gospel or maybe... Maybe what I think is true and what God said is, is dated, or maybe God didn't even say what we say God said. Those are all other versions of Gospels, and I've heard this so many times in conversations. If you're not sure about Jesus, you're in the right church. The untold, unconvinced, we love you here. I've had so many conversations, and somebody says, you know, but it's, it's confusing because how do you know you're on the right one? Because all religions, they kind of end up the same place. There's just different ways to get there, but it's the same God, just different paths you know, to him, kind of the, the Oprah theology, right? Same God, different path, right? Wrong, right? All, all religions um, have something in common. We're not a religion, right? We're a, we say relationship, not religion. The commonality in all religions is the humanity of them, right? We're a smart group. We're sophisticated. If we were, we were in charge of creating a religion, God gave us the purity of something, and then we went and kind of did what we wanted with it and made rules around it. You know how messed up that would be after thousands of years, Right? The other commonality between all um, religions, other than them being um, human, is they all have, they're built on how do I get to God? What do I have to do? How do I perform? What do I have to obey to be okay with God? Christianity is built on there is nothing you can do to get to God. None of us, the best of us, we cannot get to God. And he knew that and he loved us so much that he came to us. God with us through Jesus. That's the only, that all these other uh, figures or what, no one claimed to be God in a human body. That was Jesus' claim. I am the son of God. But he's also the only one who left us an empty tomb to validate so you would know I'm, I'm the one. So, so this is a, a statement that I like that I stole. That Jesus plus anything is offensive, right? Meaning, you say, hey, what's the key to life? What's the purpose of life? What's, how do you get salvation? How do you get saved? You can't, you, well, Jesus plus circumcision. Or no, Jesus plus um, anything. You can fill in that blank. Jesus plus wearing the right clothes to church. Jesus plus reading your Bible, which is a good thing. You've got to do that. No, what is, it's a built on a relationship and faith in Jesus, period. And it's offensive because Jesus is saying, if you've got to do something else other than me, then what did I do? There's something about my sacrifice that was short, that came up, that it didn't quite do the job, so now you've got to obey these man-made rules. That's Jesus plus. That didn't come from me. I never told you to do that. That's from man, and man has put it on God, and if you follow stuff for generations, eventually we start to believe, well, God must have said, and don't run in church, because that's, that's what all the good godly people tell me, when God's like, no, I love running in church and outside of church. I don't love you. I don't love you knocking old women over, right, so be respectful, but that's not in, there's nothing in scripture that's anti-running, right, but some of us grew up and thought that's the worst thing you could do in life is run in church. You got to be able to sift through what's right, what's true, right, and, and w the gospel in its essence is offensive, 
right? It's offensive to your, to your pride. The whole essence of the gospel is God himself, the creator of all things, had to send his own son to die to clean your mess up. And you can't do anything about it. Jesus had to do for you what you couldn't do for yourself. So the gospel in its essence is offensive to our pride. It's, it's offensive to our minds that there's nothing I can figure out to do to get back to God. No, it's not a puzzle. Um, Jesus did it for you. And it's offensive to others. The songs you guys just sang so beautifully and boldly, it was special in here today. Jesus' name above all names? Think about that. Why is your God above other gods? Because you think so? You know, people tell, you know, in some of the conversations, like, you know, you were born in America, so, you know, if you were born somewhere else, you probably wouldn't be a Christian. It's like, you know, there's a lot of people in America that aren't Christians, and there's a lot of people in other countries that are Christians. If you, if you map out the, 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 the percentages of Christians, right, the, there's a lot more outside of America than inside America, um, and God can find people anywhere, right? So I'm not a Christian because of where I was born. I'm a Christian because... God found me. God came and got me, and he rescued me, and he adopted me. But Jesus is offensive in his words. He said, John 14, 6, he, he, they're asking him a question, he said, about how to get somewhere. He's like, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. That's offensive. There is no way to get, he said, God is, I'm the door. If you don't get to me, you don't get to God. That's what he said. That's offensive on all kinds of levels, you know, especially in 2023 when we talk about living your truth, you know, your truth and my truth. And Jesus said, the truth. I am the truth. All right. So I can stand up here and I can yell and I can be convincing and I can say, I'm telling y'all, God told me last night, two plus three is seven. I know it. I know it. It doesn't change the truth. He said, I am the way, the truth, the life, and no one for all time. We won't change our minds. when get, There's one way to get to God the Father, and that's through me, Jesus his son. That's offensive. Um, there's a lot of things we've looked at in this Galatians study. One of them is a Beth Moore study, and she had this great quote that maybe we can talk about in your small group if you're in one this week. Um, Beth Moore said, measuring accuracy by sincerity is a colossal mistake. Understand? Measuring if something's true by the sincerity of somebody, that's a massive mistake, right? Because people can be sincerely wrong, right? They can be really passionate and really sincere, and that doesn't make it any more truth. So here's, as we get back to Galatians, um, Paul was in trouble because he was saying this gospel, this way to get to God through Jesus, he was saying it's open to anyone despite their race, despite what they've done, despite their sin. And they were accusing him. It was like, you know why you're saying that? Because you don't have the guts to look these Gentiles in the eye and tell them they got to be Jewish. You're scared of them, Paul. You're scared of what they're going to say about you, so you won't tell the truth, which is you got to become Jewish because that's God's way, right? Um, you're watering it down, Paul. You want, you're, you're, you're trying to make it so everybody can get along, everybody can be in on this, and that's not okay. Here's his response, verse 10. He says, am I now seeking the approval of man or of God? Am I trying to please man? If I were still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. Paul's offended by that complaint. He's like, I'm not, I, don't, I don't care what people think about you, me. If, if, it was, if I was worried about what people thought about me, I wouldn't be a follower of Jesus. That word servant could be, uh, it, it's, it's, he's owned. I'm owned by Christ. I answer to him, audience of one. That's what I'm all 
about. I don't, I don't, I don't care what you say or what they say. It was, uh, it was given to me by Jesus. I don't, I don't change based on the climate, right? You ever had that, fellas, you had that friend in school. He's a good friend. He was just fun to be around. And then he got a girlfriend, and he wanted to hang out, you know, with bring her in on the whatever you're doing. And he's like, why do you act so weird around her? No, I don't. I'm the same guy. Like, no, you're not the same guy. Right? That's what we're telling Paul. Like, you're, like you, you act one way, Jews and Gentiles, and you're just trying to keep people happy. And he's like, no. It's nothing to do with pleasing man. This is the gospel. The, I, didn't, I didn't decide that this was open to everybody. I'm just telling you what Jesus told me. Um, and he said, I, I mean, when you follow Jesus, you're, you, you're going to have to choose. He said, if I were still trying to please men, I would not be. A, he's saying there's something in opposition for Christians in 2023. If you're going to be a servant of Christ, there's going to be humans that are not happy with you. And some of you, that's so hard because the worst thing that can happen to you in your life is for people to be upset with you or disappointed in you. And it just breaks your heart. And Jesus is like, you can't follow me and prevent people looking down, saying stuff. So here's how we're going to ask it. Do you want to be a GP or a PP? You want to be a God pleaser or a people pleaser? We were at the men's retreat. You like that? You don't like that? Um, Kenzie was doing the slides, and she called me. She said, um, yeah, I don't, I think, I don't, is that supposed to be a slide? Because it just says, do you want to be a GP? I said, oh, yeah, that's the best slide of the day. That's the one. That's the one I'm excited about. That's the one I taught middle schoolers many years ago, and they, and they remembered it, which is the point. You can't be both. That's the point. Let's get back to Galatians, verse 11. Paul said, I would have you know, brothers, that the gospel that was preached by me is not man's gospel. I didn't, I didn't invent this. For I did not receive it from any man, nor was I taught it, but I received it through a revelation of Jesus Christ. He's like, nobody taught me this. I didn't come up with this. I didn't dream this. Jesus gave me this. So if you don't like it, your problem's not with me, Paul. Your problem's with Jesus. Now, 2,000 years of history, we've seen the gospel move in people's hearts, right? It's, not, it's the message that is the power. It is the, the, we're not ashamed of the gospel, right? The power of God, salvation for everyone who believes, and it's still moving. You know, we, we know culturally, we know a little bit about John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, and whoever believes, trusts in him, should not die but live forever. But there's two other 316s that are way less taught, and I think because of our culture, they're just as important to teach. One is 2 Timothy 3.16. It says, all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. That's a massive verse for your life, that scripture is God-breathed. God breathed it out. We say all the time here, we don't believe that scripture came from man about God. We believe that scripture came from God through man. It's breathed by God. You can trust it and count on it. Let's look at what Peter talked about Scripture, 2 Peter 1. He said, Above all, you must understand that no prophecy of Scripture came about by the prophet's own interpretation of things. For, prop for prophecy never had its origin in the human will, but prophets, through human, though human, spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. It's incredible. Peter's saying, above all, this is really important, you need to understand that, that when Isaiah and Jeremiah and these guys are writing what we call Scripture, they weren't just saying, hey, what should I say today? You know, well, I, I'm going to put this in here. I, no, it was not their own, it, wasn't the, it did not originate in their own mind, but they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. That changes everything. That's, we looked at 2 Timothy 3.16, all Scripture is God-breathed. This is 2 Peter 3.16. He's talking about Paul. He said, also in all his letters, speaking in them of these things, 
in which there are some things that are hard to understand, which the untaught and unstable distort as they do also the rest of the scriptures to their own destruction. Peter, referring to Paul's writings, refers to them as scripture. So as Peter and Paul were doing this, they, you can tell when you're being carried by the Holy Spirit. They believe that this was not of man or originated in man. And it's, uh, it's staying power, what it's done in lives and in the world across continents, countries, cultures for 2,000 years. It, 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 it looks and feels and evidence like this could not have come from man, right? The smartest guy in the world, whoever you think that is, lock them in a hotel room for months or years and tell them to write a document that will change the world 2,000 years from now. Can't happen, right? It's... It's scripture and your view of scripture, right? So if, you don't, if you're not sure it's God-breathed, so what they were dealing with is, you know, what can we trust? Because Paul's saying this is the gospel truth, and how, why should we trust you? And Paul's like, because Jesus gave this to me. God revealed himself through the word, right? Here's, here's a real flesh Bible. I know a lot of our Bibles are on our phones now. If, if you fully 100% believe that God reveals himself to the world and to you through his scripture, how would that change your week, right? We wouldn't be begging people to get in their word. It wouldn't be a chore. It wouldn't be, a t- it would be the God of the universe can speak to me supernaturally. He can, and he does. He reveals himself that way. Um, so your view of that, and, and this is how, one of the ways he changes us. We're about transformation. That's being changed, not transaction, right? We're about transformation not transaction. And Paul's going to end the rest of this chapter just with his testimony of how God has, has changed him. Listen, we're not, for, for, for folks that are inviting people and, and, and people that don't know Jesus, we're not trying to get you to believe something. If you're here, if you're listening online, we're not trying to get you to believe something. That's such a hard life to live. I just need you to believe what I believe. I need you to cheer for my team or see the world or vote for my, like, that's not, we're not trying to get you to believe something. We're trying to get you to know somebody. You want to believe something. Now, you'll believe what you need to believe. It. The more that, if you've got this person in your life that's so awesome, you just want to introduce him to people, like that's a great thing. You're not trying to hit anybody over the head with anything. I don't want you to believe something. I want you to know Jesus. And from Jesus, the beliefs will follow the trust. Well, how do we know about Jesus? We know about him because we trust that we have a record. That the same way, I would say, the same way the Holy Spirit carried it, the, the Holy Spirit was also active in the canonization and the process of what we now call the Bible. God was invested in making sure we're getting the words. When we say Jesus said that through translation, we can count on that's actually what Jesus said. We have historical accounts that were carried by the Holy Spirit so we know who Jesus is. And we're, our whole job is to introduce people to somebody. And as we're introduced to Jesus, he changes us. There's never going to be somebody that comes to Jesus and stays the same. Right, um, I'm getting ready to get you to Paul's testimony, and his is awesome. Like his is crazy. It's one of the craziest testimonies in the history of the world. Some of you, I've heard you say, you know, my testimony is kind of boring. Shut up. All right, there's no such thing as a boring testimony. Wait, when you when you you get rescued, right? There's no boring rescue. Rescued like you're an orphan. You're hopeless, you're helpless, you're headed to hell, and Jesus comes and rescues and adopts you into his family. There's no such thing as a boring version of that. Right? I think when people say boring, they just have been around it so much they don't know. Like they, it's kind of a gradual thing. Right? That's, there's nothing, it's not boring even if it's, if it's gradual. As we transform, listen, we, we, 
I, I, a lot of times, because I've studied it so much, when the word says believe, like for God so loved the world, that whoever, I'll say trust, because that's a better English word for what the word is. But that's another conversation. But it's about trust. So, so if you were ever to say, you know what, I've, I've, been a, I've been believing in Jesus for 15 years. That's so irrelevant. Who cares? Right? Belief is not what we're about. And that this transformation is central to the message of the gospel. The gospel changes us day by day. And we, we love it. So it allows us to be free. Like none of us are not being changed by Jesus. It's all of us. So if you were to say, man, 10 years ago, I started believing in Jesus, but I'm pretty much the same guy I was then. That's not Christianity. There's no such thing as a version where you follow Jesus and stay the same, right? And, and, and miss me with this, um, I want to become the best version of myself, right? You're not, we're not about that, the best version of yourself. That's not Christianity. He says you don't become the best version of yourself. He says you become a new person, a whole new species, right? Would anybody, would anybody go today because it's beautiful out? Would anybody see a butterfly and be like, now that, that, that dude right there, he's the best version of himself. No, he was a worm. He's a completely different species. That word, that word is in Scripture of what God does in us. He is changing us. He is transforming us. There's nothing boring about it. That's the, I'm wondering if some of us don't talk about Jesus to people in our lives because we know deep down I'm not that different because of Jesus. And if you're, if you're with Jesus and you're not that different, something's wrong. Because that's what, that's, his, that's what he does. He changes. It's, all, it's not always as insane as Paul's story, but it's, it's just insane on a different level. He's, we're always changing. Here's, here's Paul's testimony, verse 13 of Galatians 1. You've heard of my former life in Judaism, how I persecuted the church of God violently and tried to destroy it. God have a sense of humor. He picks the dude who was not just a Jewish leader, he was rising the ranks, right? I, I, I've, he, he was a great Jew, and he was so committed to Judaism that when he heard these people talking about the Messiah has come, that was offensive to a good Jew because the Messiah hasn't come because they believe the Messiah would come and overtake Rome and wreck house, and Jesus didn't do that, and Paul never saw or met Jesus when he was on the earth. So he was violently trying to destroy the church, and he was doing it in the name of God, right? So that's relevant for the news today. People doing awful things, and they sincerely believe that they're doing it in the name of God. That's who Paul was. Verse 14, he says, I was advancing in Judaism beyond many of my own age. I was, I was, I was better among my people. So extremely zealous was I for the traditions of my fathers. You know what zealous means, right? Those super fans, like they just won't, like they, he was so zealous for his God that he was willing to do anything and in some instances, help kill people because they were part of, it wasn't called Christianity, it was called the way. So Paul was comfortable with going to a town, finding these people who believed in this fake Messiah Jesus, arresting and sometimes being a part of their torture and death. That's who the guy that God picked to write most of the New Testament. Talk about grace. He was zealous for the traditions of my fathers. This Galatian series, I'm going to give you a little warning. God's going to push on some hearts for you to be bold and brave enough to separate what is from God and what is a tradition of your fathers, right? Because sometimes our natural way, because I've never let anybody, met anybody that didn't love their grandfather, right? Everybody loves their grandfather and great-grandfather, right? And sometimes we accidentally, through generations, put God's name on Grandfather Ray or whoever, right? 
and God doesn't want that. And, and Paul was guilty of that. He was so zealous for the traditions, not of the traditions of God, but the traditions of the people that had raised him and the people that had raised them and on and on. Verse 15, he says, but when he, God, who had set me apart before I was born and who called me by his grace, he set him apart before he was born and called him by his grace. Why would he call this guy who's doing these awful things to Christians? Because of grace. God was pleased to reveal his son to me in order that I might preach him among the Gentiles. I didn't consult with him. We'll get to that in a second. But he's, God, God picked the guy who was the most Jewish guy. Jewish leaders like Paul, they believe if, you're, if, I'm, a, if I'm Paul and you're a Gentile, you're unclean by nature because you're not Jewish racially like me. So you, you're not, you're, you're on the outside. Now you can maybe come to Jesus, but you got to start acting Jewish. And then, um, but Paul didn't even believe in Jesus. He thought Jesus was a hoax and a fraud and a fake. Then Jesus came to Paul and did what he planned to do all along, not because Paul was doing well, right? Because of, to, he wanted to show grace for Americans in 2023. He said, I'm going to pick the guy so nobody can ever walk into a church and say, yeah, I don't know if this grace is available to me. I'm going to pick the guy who was killing Christians and thinking he was going to do it for God. That's going to be my example. That's going to be my, my start. And then he had him preaching to the Gentiles. He had him preaching to the unclean that he thought he was a better than. That's who his mission field was, was the very people that he thought were on the outside. He says, nor did I go up to Jerusalem to those who were apostles before me. He's just making the case that it wasn't, it wasn't a human thing. It was Jesus. Verse 18, he says, after three years, I went up to Jerusalem to visit Cephas, who is Peter, and remained with him 15 days. And I saw none of the other apostles. I didn't hang out with them. Only James, the Lord's brother. And what I'm writing to you before God, I do not lie. He's putting God's name on it. I'm not lying, y'all. Jesus gave me this revelation. It's the gospel. Then I went into the regions of Syria and Cilicia, verse 22, and I was still unknown in person to the churches of Judea that are in Christ. They only were hearing it said. Here's all the churches knew about me. He who used to persecute us is now preaching the faith he once tried to destroy. This guy that's been killing, like, how's that? You're talking about going into a small group. Some of you are going tonight for the Sunday night. That's so good. It's going to be awkward at first. You talk about tension. Paul walking into a small group where he was a part of killing your dad or uncle back in the day what do you say about like oops sorry about that like i've seen this guy on your picture while where have i known oh yeah i was a part of his murder all they knew about paul was yeah this is the guy who's been and trying to destroy the faith and now he's preaching the faith that he was trying to destroy that's transformation you know the beautiful thing about transformation is nobody can argue with it we can argue about the origin of scripture we can argue about world events nobody can argue about your testimony what you were and what you, if God has changed you, it was so beautiful with the men's retreat, some guys just saying, some of our, we had old and young, some of our older guys saying, listen, if you guys would have known me when I was your age, you wouldn't believe it. They're a completely different species. They're a butterfly, right? Because God has changed them. It's transformation. And here's how Paul finishes that. He says, they glorified God because of me. It's not about glorifying Paul. Like, what a great guy, man. You were, admit, no, there's nothing great about Paul. He was sincerely, deeply wrong. And he was wrong, and he was doing it for God, and he was on the wrong side. And God, through grace, picked him. And it's not glory to Paul, it's glory to God. What would it look like for your life as you live it out on this earth for God to get glory from your life and how you're living, how you're fighting through things, how you're growing your faith, how you're loving people well, that God would be glorified with how you live and how you act. And it's all built on Jesus. And we have the revelation of Jesus through the Scripture. 
Um, I want to give a health update because I haven't in a while, and some of you really like that. Sick people. Um, to a week from today will be the 11-month anniversary of my stroke. Can you believe it's been 11 months in a week? Um, so I'm doing much better. That I'm that I survived um, the men's retreat. They had me out on the tennis court, um, and I'm up here like I, it's. I'm doing so much better. Praise God. Um, my I'm struggling. Uh, headaches have been off and on. Like I didn't have, get a headache at the men's retreat, which was awesome. Um, I think a lot of my headaches, honestly, are just due to Carolina Panthers. <laughs> I think, I think it's not about the stroke; it's about football. Um, but um, my blood pressure has been an issue, honestly, no joke. It's been, it's been getting. It wasn't great when all this started, and it's gotten worse, and um, worries my wife, which then worries me. Um, so I take it, they tell me, they said, just keep a journal at home. So I got this whole thing, and I take, I do this thing uh, different amount times a day to get my blood pressure. And over the last month, it's just been elevated, right? So I had, um, I went to a doctor to see, and it was weird because I, I get my blood pressure taken every time I go to my therapist and every time I go to the normal doctor. So it had been, like, in the last month, I've had three different doctor's appointments where they take my blood pressure. And before the stroke, my blood pressure was always high at the doctor because it's, they call it white coat syndrome, which is, I guess real, it's just like, I know it's going to be bad, which makes it worse, because it's in your head. So these last uh, three times, my blood pressure in the doctor's office was good, like 125 over 85, which for me is not good. That's stellar. That's like, if you got, don't, hey, mine's 117, I don't care. That's great for me. 125, that's great for me. And that's what it was in the doctor's office. And I was talking to my doctor, I'm like, What's going on? Because do I need to change? One of the headaches that I had as a migraine I got a few weeks ago was because we changed my blood pressure medicine. We changed my blood pressure medicine because this thing kept telling me that it was too high. And I went to the doctor, and it was, it was great, stellar. He said, you know, you maybe need to bring this thing in and let us check it to see if it is accurate. I was like, what do you mean? I changed the batteries. He's like, well, sometimes they just, I was like, that's, a, that's possible? You're telling me the instrument that we have at home that's telling me that we're making life decisions can be wrong? So I haven't done that yet. I haven't gone to the doctor. I've ordered a new cuff that I just opened last night. I don't take my blood pressure on Sundays because that's not smart. Um, so I don't know. But I just thought of, of some of us. You're making life decisions. We, talk, we sang about the firm foundation. What is your foundation? Because if your foundation is wrong, if you think life is just about being kind to people, if you think life is just about getting all you can get, if you think life is about you know, having as much fun as possible. Like, you're going to make life decisions based on an inaccurate base, right? I don't know what's going on here, but I'm not going to make all the, I'm not going to worry myself because of the numbers this thing says when they may be completely wrong. What you build a church on, a gospel center, what you build your life, your marriage, your family on matters a ton. And we're going to go knee deep into the gospel-centered life as it's taught to us in Galatians. Let me pray for us. Father, thank you that we can trust you, your word, and the reading, that what you tell us life is, that we can count on it. God, if there's those in this room that aren't so sure, they can build a life on an invisible Jesus that we don't have video proof of, that we've never met. God, I pray you would meet them right where they are, that you would build that faith, that you would show them the power of transformation, that they're invited into this grace that will not it, it, it won't be something they believe in. It'll be something that changes their life forever. They'll become a whole new creation. God, for those of us in this room that would say, I'm a follower of Jesus, I pray we'd be excited about transformation. 
about what you're doing in your church. I pray we would choose to please you this week and not people when we have that, that option. And I pray that we would ask hard questions of our own hearts in this series of what are we really built on and what do we really trust. I pray you'd help us in that journey. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Y'all have a great Sunday.